0: So this, this, this uh, year, we have a theme for the youth, and we want to kind of bring you along with that. And then what we want to do is kind of share how this applies to the church as a whole and not just to our students, because you might wonder, what are they doing over there? You know, they have loud music, and, and then what happens? And so we want to bring you in with that. And, and this year, we've had a theme uh, of more. And so we've been talking about that with the students in the different sermon series that we've been doing. We're talking about how you can experience more, and not just more because you're like, that's really abstract, but more of his presence more of his power, and more of his purpose. And it's not something that's vague and way off in the distance, but it's something that's available for each person today. And it doesn't matter if you're just a student or if you're you know, a student of life, if you know what I mean. You know, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in, you can experience more. And so uh, we've gone through a couple different series. Uh, We've done a series called Cobwebs, where we're talking about how do you identify spiders in your life? How do you identify the lies that come against you and create all the messes in your life? Because sometimes we just sweep away the symptoms of our problems. We sweep away the temptations, but we never actually deal with the lie that we believe about ourselves or about God that's causing it. So we we did a series through that. And then we did a series called Just the Beginning, where we we told about how Jesus' death is just the beginning. And when he ascended, he left the Spirit for us to be our guide, God with us every single day, that we can look to him for our questions, for our resources, and we can look to him to ask, what is our more in our life? And we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. And then we also had done a series called Summer Dreaming. And that's where you, you, know, you can't just think about life. You can't just wish something happens, but actually envision the dreams that God has for you. And then what are the small steps you can take today to get there? You, know, you never got to a destination by you know, teleporting, although that would be kind of cool, Maybe that's a secondary job you could do, you know, but you have to take a step of the journey every single way in order to get there. And so this morning we want to talk about a little bit,
1: how do you experience more in and through your life? Yeah. And and so as we do that, we're going to, we're going to talk through a passage in Ephesians chapter three and kind of want to ask this question uh, and, and answer is, is the question of why should you want more? And, and I think that's a good question for us to look at, and we might have vague ideas of that, but really look at the scripture and what Paul writes in Ephesians 3. And I think as, as some of you might walk in here today, uh, that there are certain areas of your life where maybe you're not feeling satisfied in, or you're questioning why you're in this place. And there's this aspect of, I thought it would be different. Uh, than it is now. And, and really trying to answer that question and, and present the idea of man, what is the more that God wants to do right where you're at? Because I believe that God puts us in places for specific reasons. And that when we turn to Him and look to Him in those times, that we can experience more uh, as we uh, live within that way. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at five more things. Uh, that uh, come from this passage in Ephesians 3. And Pastor Matt's going to get us started with the first one. Yeah, so the first more thing is this. It's God
0: has enough resource to do more in you. And so as we're sharing, uh, both Pastor Jay and myself, I'm going to be hitting on what does God want to do more inside of yourself? And then Pastor Jay is going to kind of hit on what does God want to do through you? So if you can imagine, his is talking about the external. I'm going to be hitting on the internal because God wants to do more in you and through you because what you believe dictates how you behave and what your habits will, uh, what your habits are will show you the direction of your life. And so you know, we, we believe that both are a result of each other. And so God has enough resource to do more in you. And we're going to be in Ephesians chapter three, like Pastor Jay said. Uh, in verse 14, it says, it says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, creator of everything in heaven and earth. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and in your inner being. See, he's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the creator of all things. He has unlimited resources to give to you. You can tap into all of it and it's just the beginning when he died and when he came back and then he ascended, he left the Spirit. And the Spirit is that deposit he left that you have access to the Father through the Spirit, and that's your unlimited resource in him. You can kind of think of it as, you know, and it's not a great example, but you could think of it as like a debit card, right? And the Holy Spirit was that debit card that was left for you. And when you go and you pay for things, when you go and you invest in something, you always come back with enough money. Now, if, if you're anything like me, you go, you pay with your debit card, and you get declined, right? You know, <laughs> the only person who doesn't is like Pastor Jay, you know, because he's a quadrillionaire. But besides that, you know, what is behind the resource determines how much you have, right? So if you're tapped into the wrong resource, let's say you're tapped into yourself, eventually you're going to run dry. But when you experience more, you can experience more from the unlimited resources that God has for you. And, and, and here's, the thing, here's, here's just a personal story about how that kind of fleshed out in my life. So uh, we kind of talked about our stories. The reason, there's a reason why I kind of avoided middle school, uh, because if you knew me in middle school, you know, I was like six foot, I was like 100, maybe 100 pounds, and I was just like, you know, half the size of myself, you know. And and literally, this is what I did, so I was homeschooled. So I'd wake up in the morning, I'd either read a book or play a video game, and there two games I ever played, Roller Coaster Tycoon or Civilization, if you ever played those, that's cool. If not, you have no idea what it is, that's fine. And there would be times, there would be days where my mom would have to come to the door at like three in the afternoon and ask me if I was alive because I just wouldn't leave my room. It was just like I was either reading a book or playing video games. And, and, and when I became, when I was a sophomore, I, I, I started serving in the youth group and my youth pastor came up to me and, and now mind you, in that context, you know, I'm this, this nerdy kid, doesn't really talk to anyone. I show up to church, you know, I kind of show up, whatever. And he's like, hey, you're going to preach. And I was like, honestly, I was so scared that I said, okay, you know, it's like, Okay. <laughs> and, you know, to me at that time, he was like, a, you know, a 500-pound, 6'8 man who just scared me into the ministry, right? And, and I was like, there's no way I have enough inside of myself to do this. But through, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to give me that resource, I was able to tap into that. And now, you know, um, I can remember the first time I preached, and, and I preached Proverbs 29.11, and, it's, and it was just a 5 minute sermon you know real real easy but it says as a dog returns to its vomit so a fool returns to his folly and so so i would read that verse and then i'd be like you know you guys are all fools and this is why and no i didn't say that and uh, but then i would t- tell a story about my dog at the time and my dog's name was buddy and i would act like i was vomiting like he would and then i'd go over and act like i was eating it back up and that was like my whole sermon right and so i'd stare down and i'm like bleh, bleh, you know and shaking And like literally, that was my first like 300 sermons that I preached. And you know, the thing is, I didn't think I had enough resource, but when I trusted God and I tapped into something that I didn't know was for sure, he had unlimited resource for me. Now if you're, you know, maybe the debit card thing doesn't work for you. Maybe, how many of you guys like McDonald's? Yeah, that's what I thought. How many of you guys like Chick-fil-A? Let's go, awesome. When you show up at Chick-fil-A, you have unlimited resource of chicken sandwiches at your disposal, at your fingertips, right? Except on Sundays, sorry. <laughs> Too soon. Anyway, so you have unlimited resource of Chick-fil-A sandwiches, and at any point, you can tap in you can get a sandwich. Whenever you're hungry, whenever you need you know, just a sweet tea and some lemonade, you can tap into that right away in the same way when we tap into the spirit, we have the unlimited resource of all that God has for us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the love that he has for us. But we have that access through the spirit. And, and, and when you consume something, it gives you energy to burn, right? And you can consume something terrible and you're going to get no energy, right? If you eat McDonald's, what's going to happen? You're going to get sick. You know, it's not going to be good for you. You're not going to have as good fruit in your life. But if you eat Chick-fil-A, you're going to be a super Christian, right? That's how it works. Yeah, that's what I figured. So what you consume gives you the power to go and do things in your life. So what's happening internally is really important because that's what sets you up for what's going to come out through you. And so ask yourself this question today. Is what I'm consuming going to take me the distance? Is what I'm pulling in have enough resource to get me there? Am I going to be pulling into something that's limited? Maybe it's, you know, security in a job because that could be taken at any moment. Maybe security in family. Maybe it's a situation that you have going on in your life. Is that thing going to sustain you or are you tapped into the right source? And we're going to hit on that a little bit more in a second. But when you have access to the unlimited resource in Christ, you can accomplish
1: so much more as you submit yourself to him. And that leads us to our our second more thing, which is this: is that you can accomplish more by following the Holy Spirit's leading. And I think that's that's something where, where you're like, yeah, duh, but. I think if we really understand that and look at that and, and, and say, man, when we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, that there is so much more that we are, are capable of because we're not relying upon ourselves, but we're re- relying upon the Holy Spirit's leading. And so what we're going to do is we're going to jump ahead a couple verses to verse 19 of Ephesians chapter 3, uh, and, and we're going to read that. Verse 19 says this, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we're going to look at a couple words in here uh, in just a second. But I think that there's, uh, there's so, much, so much stuff in life. There's so many things that might come in life that we just aren't going to have the ability to comprehend. And I think that could be maybe somewhere where you're at now where you don't understand how, how you got into a situation at work or how something has come up in your family. And, and maybe there's something that, that's a difficult season right now that, that you're having to navigate through. And, and trying to say, man, I, I don't know what the right decision is. I don't know what it is I'm supposed to do next. I think it's it's important, and as we look at these verses here, is that even though there's there's so much that we can't comprehend, is that God helps us to understand through our questions. He helps us to understand the more. Now, he might not give us all the specific answers to every aspect of it, but he will lead us and he will guide us through our times of trial, through our times of not understanding. Um, I know I can remember when I was a, a younger kid, I was probably in second grade or so, and I went to Cedar Point for the first time. And so I I had remembered, my friends had talked about it. Oh, Cedar Point's great. The roller coasters are awesome. And and so they're like super high, and it goes fast. And I was like, man, that sounds awesome. I cannot wait. And I can remember going to Cedar Point, uh, walking in there so pumped to ride the Millennium. Uh, And so I'm walking in there, and I get there to the front of the line, and I hear it go, you know, like rolling right by. And immediately I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I was like, there was this fear that crept in. And then I saw just the clicking of going up the top, the tall hill. And I was like, that scares me. And then my mind starts going to the irrational of, man, what happens when the harness comes out? And what happens when we go on a loop or go around a turn and I go flying out? And like, what's how's that going to be? And so there was all these fears, all these unknowns uh, that, uh, that, that were in my way. And to make things worse is that my younger sister had no problem riding those so she would just walk right up onto the line go on there and I'd be there and I got scared and I was like it oh, went back and just sat on the bench and was like man and then my sister would come back and she'd be like that was awesome and I was like shut up like you know I was like come on quit rubbing it in cuz I felt so so limited and and I think uh, what's, what's happening in, in, in this story is that all I could experience was what I could see, what I could perceive. I had never truly experienced it, but yet what I could see was a, a fear that had crept in. And if we relate back to the scripture, the Greek word in there, when we talk about that, the word for knowledge is this, is that uh, it means to just know about it in your mind. And so when we talk about a, to know a love that surpasses knowledge, knowledge, It's talking about the things that we just know in our minds, the things that we have learned, the things that uh, we know here on this earth. And we're going to look at uh, the other word here in a minute. But all I could see or hear was what was around me. Uh, And it wasn't until I finally made a decision, and this was a couple years later because I was just too scared for a couple times going back. And finally, I was like, I got to get over this. I want to ride this. I want to experience this. And finally, I hopped in the line, and I got into the millennium, and I got strapped in, and I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm nervous. And then I went to go up that hill right there, and I was like, this was a mistake. Like, this is, why did I do this? I'm going to die. And so it's just taken forever there, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go up, and I'm going to die as soon as we go over the hill. Like, that was my thoughts going through there. And I can remember going down and then riding throughout that ride and walking off and thinking, I cannot wait till I can hop back on again. It was such a thrill, the adrenaline. It was so much different. Now, if I had lived in fear in that moment and never taken that step onto the ride, I would have never experienced the joy that came from riding the millennium. I would have continued to live in a place of fear. I would have continued to be uh, held back from experiencing that joy. And I think when we talk about this is that um, a, a point to take away from this is that we are either subjects of our fear or subjects of our faith. And so when we talk about the more that God is calling us to, for some of you, it, there might be some fears, there might be some hesitations, some things that are, are kinda keeping you maybe from the more that God wants to lead you to. And what's important to know is this, is that whatever those fears might be, when you tap into that resources, Pastor Matt said, that you have that strength to go forward, but sometimes it takes that step of faith to say, God, I might not know the answers, I might not know exactly what's going to happen when I do this, but God, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me and guide me along that path. And so when we do that, it's, it's important because God's love makes more sense of what our minds can't comprehend. You see, as humans, we are limited in our understanding. We are limited in the, in the big scheme of things that God has created in this earth. We are limited by that knowledge but it's important to know that when we draw into God and rely upon his Holy Spirit, that he makes more sense of what our minds can't comprehend. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 is a very popular, familiar verse, but it, it says this. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart uh, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. And that's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not don't lean on your own understanding. Because our own understanding, our own knowledge, our own experience is only going to take us so far. But we got to trust God to lead us into the more. When we want to step out and do something more, then it's going to take us leaving our comfort and leaving our strength to say, God, I need you to lead me along that path. And that leads us to our third uh, more thing. And that's this, that you can know more of God's love. You can know more of God's love. And I think this is huge because when we think of love, we probably think of it in the, in the sense of what we can experience love as. And God's love is so much greater and so much bigger than our love is naturally. And so as we look at this, Ephesians 3.19, again, it says this, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. See, the Greek word for know in this situation is to know absolutely, to feel, perceive, and experience. And the difference between knowledge is something that you learn is what we're limited to. But when you truly know the love of God, it's something that is to know absolutely, to feel, to, to experience, to grasp in a way that is so much different than what you could on your own. You see, we all need to experience God. God. And not just by what we have learned, because sometimes I think we can look at God in the sense of how somebody else has loved us. And we can look at God in, in the sense of, of how a certain situation has come about or in the limited knowledge of what love is or means to us. But as we draw closer to God, as we are led by his spirit, that we experience more. As we uh, as we were talking through this, just kind of this illustration Uh, came to mind of a telescope. And so I can remember one day my dad, when I was younger, brought home a telescope that he had bought for me. And so I was super excited. I was ready to go out in the backyard on the next clear night and look up and try and see what kind of stars or planets I could see. And so not knowing anything about telescopes, I set it up and couldn't figure it out. But when you think about a telescope or, or in this sense is that when you set that up and when you look up into the sky, you see just a tiny little spot of what is the sky, what is the galaxy. And what's important is this, is that our view of love is so limited in the sense of, of God's vastness and his love for all people and his plan for us. And so if we're only looking at it through the lens of how we view love, then we're gonna miss the bigger picture of what love truly means for us and how we can experience more through the love that God has for us and for others. You see, this is where God's love changes everything. It changes the way we interact. It changes the way we respond in situations. It changes the way uh, that, that we respond and even live our lives, the way we interact with others. You see, because we can only make sense of what we know when we're trusting on our knowledge. But God's love makes sense of things uh, that, that might seem uh, different to us or things that are unknown. And sometimes you have to take a risk that makes no sense so that the Holy Spirit could work not just in your life, but through your life. And when you take that risk, when you, when you step away from maybe fear or any hesitation in there and you take that step of faith, you are able to be led according to what God has for you and his love for you. We did a, a series with our youth uh, a couple months ago, and we called it Love Does, and kind of the, the theming of this was based off a book by Bob Goff uh, called Love Does. And so there was this quote that I read in there, and, and he, in this book, he just talks about just this uh, unique way. I've never heard somebody talk about love in such a different way as he has, and just loving people with all that you have. And, and this is what he said. He said, that's what love does. It pursues blindly, unflinchingly, and without end. When you go after something you love, you'll do anything it takes to get it, even if it costs everything. You see, when it comes to the love that God has for us, and when it comes to wanting to experience more in our lives, at some point it, it might cost us something. It might cost us our comfort, it might cost us uh, our place. In in where we're at. It might uh, mean a change in the way that you interact with your family or at your job or in your school. But what happens here, and, and if you go back to Ephesians 3:19, at the end there, it talks about uh, the, the fullness of God. And and when you look at that word, it means fullness means to be filled to capacity. And so what Paul is talking about is don't lean on just the love that you can understand, but know completely that when you are filled with the love to the fullness of capacity that God can give, that it changes every aspect of your life, that you're going to live differently, you're gonna act differently, you're gonna talk differently. And when you know and experience God's love, it changes those things completely. You experience more of God's love, oftentimes, kind of the practical of that is by changing aspects of your life, getting rid of old habits and replacing those with new. And the the old habits might not even be all bad, but sometimes it's important for us to take a look at our lives and to evaluate and to say, is what this uh, is is taking place in my life, is this uh, important or is this getting in the way of God being able to do more through me? And what are the new habits that I need to create? What are the new habits that I need to prepare so that God can do more in and through my life? You see, experiencing more, from the Holy Spirit requires creating new daily habits.
0: You know, Ephesians three seventeen talks about this again. It says, "So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith." And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. And so that Greek word for power is the word dynamite, or it's where we get our words like dynamite or dynamic. It's this idea that you will be filled with so much more power when you're rooted and established in love. And so we're going to talk about what does that mean? And that's how we have the whole graphic going on here for more. See, the the spirit empowers us to dig our roots down deeper internally. We follow those, those little steps that we take externally, puts our roots down deeper. And then when we evaluate our fruit, the fruit of our life, the thing that's coming out of it, and we change old habits to new habits, we dig our roots deeper into an unlimited resource. And, and I want to just uh, uh, share the, the fourth thing that we're, the fourth more thing is that you experience more by taking root in Christ. You experience more by taking root in Christ. So just three ways real quick that you experience more when you intentionally root yourself in Christ. See, it's not just an accident. When you intentionally root yourself in Christ, you will see fruit from your labor. you see fruit from your, from your trials. you see fruit from your trouble. It's just like when the Bible talks about when you, you plant the seed in, the harvest, or in advance so that in the harvest, you can reap from it. You can intentionally find fruit in your life if you work hard and you do the work to dig deeper in your roots. So here's three ways you experience more when you actually take those steps to root yourself. The first thing is that you get more endurance in your trials. In seasons in trouble and tragedy, you'll thrive when other people wither. When you find yourself rooted in an unlimited resource, you won't run dry. Jeremiah talks about this actually Uh, In chapter 17, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. When you root yourself deep in an unlimited resource... When the heat of life comes, when, you know, in other parts of the Bible, it talks about the storms beat upon your house. When you, your foundation is tested, will you burn up and wither or will you thrive? And I'm telling you, if you take the good times, the seasons of health, the seasons when, when there's a lot of uh, strength coming your direction, if you take that time to build your roots deeper, it'll sustain you and you'll thrive and still bear fruit, even if there's tragedy in your life, even if there's trouble in your life. Even when you have a heat wave like last week here in the city. Whatever it is, you will thrive. You know, and, 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 and I've experienced this firsthand because, you know, like I said, my wife and I got married uh, back in August three years ago. And just after that, we just we have experienced a series of tragedies in her family. And it's just been tragedies that have been terrible, like things you can't, you know, that, you know, just doesn't happen. And I know for you guys, like you've had tragedy in your life. And in that moment, the heat comes and the storms and the winds start blowing at your tree. And if you're following the metaphor, your roots are tested, your roots in Christ. And, you know, I don't know, without a relationship with God, without our roots running deep, I don't know if we would have made it through that because tragedy brings questions. Tragedy brings trouble. The heat brings a testing. But we found water deep within and we still were able to bear fruit in our life. And you could do that, too, in the midst of tragedy. You don't have to just wither. You know, you probably have seen people who have had just bad things happen, unexplainably bad things happen. You know, like, there's no reason why that should happen. And then their their, turtle, their entire life just withers. You know, like, you find your friends in ashes. You find your family in pain. Find them in confusion. And you could come alongside them and say, you don't have to be lost. You don't have to burn up. You can still have fruit. You can find refreshment in something more than the tragedy. And it doesn't downplay the pain that you go through because it's painful every day, but it says, I can still have fruit amidst the pain. The second way you can experience more uh, by taking root in Christ is this, you will experience good fruit in your relationships. People actually enjoy, if you're following the analogy, people will enjoy the aftertaste of being with you, right? You have those people in your life who are just like, you talk to them, you just feel icky, you feel gross, you feel like you just like rolled around in mud. Yeah, you, you know, you're laughing because you can think of, like, at least five people, and some of them are in your family, you know, and you're just like, <laughs> and you're just like, man, I just feel dirty after talking. In a way, you, you partook in their rotten fruit, and you can only hide your rotten fruit for so long. You can only hide what resource you're pulling from for so long. You, know, you, can, you can only put the fruit you don't know, like in the back of your tree for so long until someone hangs out with you, and they realize, man, I don't like being with that person because they're just dirty. They just gossip. You know, you might have a situation in your life that leads you to dissension. It might be a person who you talk to them and you always end up gossiping. When we talk about new habits, change that habit and you'll change your fruit. Change that activity, change that situation and you'll change your fruit. Be active about it. You don't have to just be subject of whatever comes out. Intentionally root yourself in Christ. The third benefit uh, that you get is not just more fruit in your relationships, uh, but also more confidence in your relationship with Christ. When you're bearing good fruit, when you see it in your life, then you can have confidence of knowing that you're rooted in the right thing. It's just both and, they go together. Uh, John uh, chapter 15 talks about this, uh, as Jesus was actually sharing. Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, and apart from me you can do nothing." If you see good fruit in your life, if you're like, man, I have peace in this situation, I have no idea why, it can be a sign that you're rooted in the right thing. If you're like, I'm joyful and I should be you know, terrified. If I have strength when, when you know, I should be scared to death. If I have faith instead of fear, instead of just saying, oh, I got lucky, say, oh, maybe I'm rooting myself in the right thing. Because you're seeing that fruit come out in your life. So you might say, you know, so how... How do I objectively measure my fruit? You're like, okay, that sounds cool. You know, sometimes I have good fruit. Sometimes I have really bad fruit. You know, I, like, like I said earlier, you put the bad fruit in the back of the tree and hope someone doesn't know me well enough to get back there. How do I objectively measure this? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, actually, Paul fleshes this out, and he talks about the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. And for the, for the sake of our uh, imagery, you know, you could talk about it like the fruits of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. <clears throat> And there's 13 fruits of the flesh that are are in Galatians 5 towards the beginning. And then there's nine fruits of the spirit. You're probably more familiar with those. Love, joy, peace, patience, etc. You can sit down and objectively measure how you are by each fruit. Just write down those 13 fruits of the flesh. Write down the nine fruits of the spirit. And then rate yourself honestly one through five. One being I hardly ever see this active in my life. Five being I almost always see this active in my life. And be honest with yourself, you know, for some of you might be like, you know, I'm really good at loving, but man, I get, I lose so much patience just even looking at my kids, even just looking at my spouse. You know, I just lose so much patience just being in the same room as this person. That's okay. You're not going to have good fruit everywhere. The point is it's a process. It's a step-by-step way. So rate yourself and then don't just get overwhelmed and look at the list and be like, well, fruits of the flesh, they're all fives. Fruits of the spirit, they're all ones. Well, I'm doomed. So this is good. You know, it's not like that. Pick one fruit of the flesh that's high and figure out what habit leads to that and then replace it with one fruit of the spirit that's low that you want to see move up. And as Christ's fruit increases in your life, the bad fruit will decrease. When you take one habit that leads you to a bad situation, the good fruit will lead you to a good situation. You don't have to just willy-nilly happen to be there. You can intentionally root yourself in Christ by evaluating your fruit today, tomorrow, every day. Where am I at? That's why we talk about this over and over again is because it's so important for each of us to evaluate our fruit. When you you dig yourself in deeper and you evaluate your fruit and you root yourself in Christ, you do everything you can internally. Eventually it comes out and God's love
1: empowers you. God's spirit empowers you to do more, which leads us to our fifth more thing which is God's love empowers us to do more. When, when we understand and when we live within the love that God has for us and for all people, that when we draw upon his Holy Spirit, it empowers us to go and do more. And I think what's important is that we don't necessarily have to always change the place where we're at or, or what we're going through for God to work in us. God wants to use us right where we're at. And so as we look at this, Ephesians 3.20 says this, uh, following up to verse 19, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. You see, we have to draw into the power, to the resource that God has given to us. And when we draw into that, that's his love, that it empowers us and enables us to accomplish more. And now for each of us, more is going to look differently because more is going to look different when it's at your school. More is going to look differently when it's within your family, when it's raising your kids, when it's working in your job. And I believe that when we can tap into the resource and the power that comes from the Holy Spirit and from what God has given to us, then it changes the aspect of how we live and do everything. I can remember my My senior year, I was almost halfway through it. It was like November of that year. Um, And I can remember uh, I hadn't really followed a pastoral calling up until that point. Uh, People had talked about, hey, you'd be a great pastor. And in my heart, I was like, no, like that is the last thing I want to do. I don't want to get up in front of people and talk. That's just not my thing. And so I kind of ran away from that for a long time. And I can remember going to this youth convention and praying with somebody I'd never met before, had no idea about me. And they really just in a, in a crazy way challenged me and said, you're running from something. And so I looked at that and I was like, oh, okay, God. <laughs> like, wow. And, and I knew immediately what that was. But I, I was in that place where not knowing what was next, not knowing what steps I should take, To say that as I walked out of that room, I said a prayer to say, God, I don't know what to do next, but I'm going to trust you to provide the opportunity for me to, and I'm not going to run away from it anymore but I'm going to trust you in faith that you're going to open the doors for me. And time after time, internship and schooling opportunities and different uh, activities here even at Calvary in the youth group that I was able to become a part of that helped shape me and prepare me for where God has ultimately led me today. You see, I could have continued to run from that moment, but I, I I decided and I knew that if I took that step of faith and when I drew into the love that God had for me, that, that it would see me through, and that I could accomplish so much more when I was living within the purpose God had for me versus what I was trying to pursue. And so as we talk about this and, and wrap up, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that says this, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And that verse is so encouraging to me because we might not always know or we might not always have the confidence to step out and really do that. But when we do, Scripture talks about that you will receive that power, that God sees your need and he will use you when you draw closer to him. And so as we wrap up, I want to kind of give two challenges this week, kind of some more practical application of this and to say... um, that, that there was a period of time for me where, where I would take every morning and I would pray a prayer simply and say, God, I want you to do, to do more in me. Give me an opportunity for that today. And just whatever that might be, and, and even it, there were so many times, just small interactions I had with people uh, at the bank, at, at the store, here at Calvary, just different opportunities, that there were opportunities for me to talk about God or to talk about his love or to help somebody who was going through a really tough time that I don't know if I would have been open to if I hadn't have prayed and asked for that opportunity. And so I think it's important that if we really want to live for more, That God honors when we ask for that, to say, God, I'm ready. Give me the opportunity. Give me the opportunity to share with that person or to make an impact. And the second thing is this, and what was really helpful for me was that I would then go back and kind of make a note or like at night before bed, I would pull out my phone and just jot something down. And, And what was it that God did today? How did he answer my prayer? And I would go back and look at that, and what might have seemed little in that day, after I read through this list of different things, opened me up to say, wow, God, every single day you were providing opportunities for me to make a difference. You were, you were providing the opportunities for me to experience more. And I believe that when we can pray those bold prayers and when we can take those steps of faith, that God can do so much more where we're at in the place that he has us. So as we get ready to, to wrap up, I'm going to ask Pastor Matt to pray for us, and just that uh, we would just be blessed as we go out into this week and, and really work towards this.
0: Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this opportunity we've had just to share about experiencing more of you, more of your presence, more of your power, more of your purpose. And Lord, we just pray uh, for each person out here, Lord, as, as you've worked in their heart, Lord, I, I know you've revealed things to some of them of an old habit that needs to become new. And Lord, I pray that we'd be challenged to continuously evaluate our fruit both internally and externally. And Lord, we just pray uh, just a prayer, a blessing uh, over, the, over the lives. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to work. Lord, you continue to do more in and through us. And Lord, we just uh, entrust our whole entire lives to you. Lord, we give you uh, the rest of this day. In name we pray. Amen, amen.
2: Thanks for letting us share. Calvary, would you show your appreciation to Pastor Jay and Pastor Matt today? First of all, guys, we as a church are proud of you. I know, Pastor Matt, you said when you saw those graduates standing up there that your church is behind you. I remember when you guys stood up there in that line, and it is exciting to see what God has done in your life. And I'm so thankful that week in, week out, I know that our students are receiving a healthy diet from God's word of good teaching like we've got today. That's a good thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Here's what I'm asking, do. would you stand with me? And I love that our students are being challenged to believe for more in their lives. And I want to pray for our student ministry today. In fact, if you're here and you are a middle school or high school student with us today, would you just raise your hand? Our students are here. Yeah, look at that. We've been taken over. That's awesome. If one of those students is around you, as we pray, would you just put a hand on their shoulder and believe that God is going to do more in their life? I'm going to ask the rest of you, would you just extend a hand towards Pastor Matt and Pastor Jay? We're going to pray for our students today. And so, Father, we thank you for the challenge today of the more that you can do in our lives. That is the creator of all things. We don't lack for resource, but that you work in each one of us. And so, Lord, we pray that the the words we've heard today would sink into our spirit that in the weeks and and months to come, Lord, that they're going to be things that are going to remind us of ways that we can grow in you. God, I thank you for the students here at Calvary, Lord, the work that you're doing in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would continue to to grow in them. Let them know you in ways that that they've never known before, Lord. That they'd experience your presence and your spirit in their homes, in their schools, in their in their friendships, God, in on their in their jobs, in the places where you have them, Lord. That you would use them to know you. And God, I thank you for Pastor Jay. Lord, today I thank you for Pastor Matt. I ask that you would continue to bless them, anoint them, lead them in the things that you've called them to do. And Lord, as we get into a busy summer with camps and events, God, would you use them to speak words of life to our students. And Lord, would you bless their homes as well. Now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you would go with us. God, would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.